Michael Swickert here. Welcome to Enchanting Stories of New Mexico, sponsored by the Fresh Chili Company, Las Cruces, New Mexico. Our award-winning Hatch Green and Red Chili is brought to you from locally owned farms in Hatch, New Mexico, which you know is the chili capital of the world. I have a couple names that old-timers, geezers, and geezerettes might recognize, but the sands of time have covered those names for most everyone else. First, movie actress Greer Garson, and second, cattle rancher and horse breeder Elijah Buddy Folgerson. Hint, they both used to live in New Mexico at the Forked Lightning Ranch, which is on the mountain portion of the Santa Fe Trail. And Greer Garson is listed in the Guinness Book of World Records for giving the longest speech upon winning an Oscar in Hollywood. <laughs> they put a time limit on her speeches. Actually, everybody's speeches after her. So Greer Garson was born somewhere else and lived much of her life somewhere else, but did bring attention to New Mexico from the 40s to the 80s. Uh, her first name uh, really was Eileen, but she went by Greer Garson. She was born in London, in England, and was the fourth most nominated wo woman for Oscars for Best Actress. Nominated seven times. She won once in 1942, and like I say, there was a little problem with a long speech. Now, New Mexico's gain was that in British actor Peter Lawford, I'm going to bring another character into this, uh, he was a friend of Texas oilman and former Army colonel in the Army. Uh, he was on Dwight Eisenhower's staff in the war. It was Texas oilman, Buddy. He was the chief oil procurement officer for the Allied forces. He made a fortune early in life as an oil industry wildcatter and really did understand the oil industry. Now, Peter Lawford was in a bunch of World War II war movies playing British soldiers, which he was not because he had a severe injury to one arm, so he couldn't be in the military. Lawford and Fogelson had met and were somewhat friends. Now, that may be interesting, Michael, but how does that connect to New Mexico? Let me tell you. Peter Lawford was in several of Greer Garson's movies, and in 1948, he introduced Buddy Fogelson to Greer Garson, and voila, a year later, they were married. They moved to the Forked Lightning Ranch in New Mexico along the Pecos River, where, among other things, they bought a Hall of Fame champion thoroughbred by the name of Ack Ack from the estate of Harry Guggenheim and were successful racehorse breeders. Now, September 29th will be her 119th birthday, though she passed at age 91 in 1996. Remember, she's in the Guinness Book of Records for the longest Oscar acceptance speech of all time. Now, I think of the Guinness Book of Records when I think that Big Jim Chili in 1975 was in that same Guinness Book of World Records as having the longest chili peppers, perfect for chili rellenos, and certainly better than a long speech. Now New Mexico uh, has that to look at. Michael Swickert here with Enchanting Stories of New Mexico, sponsored by the Fresh Chili Company. Hit subscribe to automatically get these podcasts. More history in just a minute, but first I want to tell you, the Fresh Chili Company is just coming to the market with a Veritable Special Reserve Matador Hatch Chopped Green Chili, which is only made with one-inch thick chopped uh, sandia uh, chili, select chili. Now, Matador is an extra-hot 
Hatch Green Chili with above-level heat taste compared to other types of Hatch Chili. Now, some people, that's what they want. They want it to be hot. Some like it hot. If you want to take your cheeseburgers, enchiladas, and tacos to another heat level, that's Matador Hatch Green Chili. Ingredients are Hatch Green Chili, lime juice, salt, garlic, and if you like your chili hot, this one's for you. Back to history. Today is the birthday, uh, September 11th, of D.H. Lawrence, a very influential writer who had a ranch in New Mexico and is buried here in New Mexico. Uh, David Herbert Lawrence was born in England in 1885, died in 1930 in France. He was connected uh, to uh, Mabel Dodge Lujan, a person I'm going to talk about one of these days because she didn't write anything, but she was connected to almost all the big writers uh, for about 40 years. Now, she traded 160 acres of in Taos to him for one of his manuscripts. So D.H. Lawrence and his wife Frida were interested in setting up some kind of utopian community not never happened. He's best remembered for a scandalous novel, Lady Chatterley's Lover, which was censored in many places. He wrote something I find quite interesting. He said, I think New Mexico was the greatest experience from the outside world that I have ever had. It certainly changed me forever. <laughs> me, Michael Swickard speaking here, I completely agree on the effect of New Mexico. Now, in 1985, I was a caregiver to UNM Professor Emeritus T.M. Pierce, who, along with his wife Helen, are authors of a 1965 book you may have seen, New Mexico Place Names. More about place names in a moment. Anyway, over a couple of years of me taking care of Matt and Helen, he told me the same story a couple times when he was talking about D.H. Lawrence and what happened to him after his death. Seems he died in France, was transported back to his Taos ranch in New Mexico. Again, none of us written. I looked. No, it's just a story, and I wrote notes on it a long time ago, 1983-84. But the story was told to me by Matt Pierce a couple of times, and since there was an argument, evidently, about his burial where one person in his life, sorry, it's not written anywhere, one person wanted to take him back to France to be buried, and one person wanted to keep him on his ranch in Taos, New Mexico. So they had a court hearing. The judge finally proclaimed that D.H. Lawrence was going to be transported to France. That's when one of them raised their hand and said, Well, that's going to be difficult, Judge, because I had him cremated and his ashes mixed with cement that workmen were pouring. So to move him back to France will take tons and tons of concrete and pounds. So it ended there. And if you go to the D.H. Lawrence Ranch, which is under the management of the University of New Mexico, I believe... Uh, D.H. Lawrence, or whatever's left of him, is still there. Now, he died from the effects of tuberculosis in 1944, so he also died early, so to speak. Now, let's move to the notion of place names, which I became interested in while taking care of 83-year-old Professor Emeritus Matt Pierce at the University of New Mexico English Department. 
His home, which he built in the 1940s, was on the UNM campus at the time, next to a fraternity house. I was his driver, since he was not supposed to drive any longer. <laughs> a little aside, at times I would come in and I'd notice there were some dents on the cars, and I would say something. He'd say, oh, don't tell Helen. Evidently, he was out driving when he wasn't supposed to be. So place names in New Mexico are interesting because some of us know when we're using the name of a real person that that name was more than just an identifying name, such as the 12th Street. If it was Pat Garrett Street, we would understand that the connection, however, some people might not. They might they may say, yeah, I live on Pat Garrett Street, without realizing that Patrick Floyd Jarvis Garrett, he was born in 1850, died in 1908, uh, on the 29th of February, I might add, and he was uh, killed in a gunfight uh, to the east of present-day Las Cruces, a little bit to the south of where there's a Walmart out there, in that draw there is where I understand now, one of the interesting dilemmas of writers and editors in New Mexico is the concept of place names. Uh, geographical entities with topographical features, such as mountains, mason, uh, rivers, lakes, settlements, district streets, railroad stations, things like that, they all have a name. And should we use the name? Well, yes. I believe we should, and I actually think it helps when you when you learn about some name. If it occupies space and can be identified for a reason to call it something, it's a place name. Now, take Deming, New Mexico. Most people just call it that name. Yeah, I drove through Deming, and they don't realize that Deming was a real person. Who was she? She was the wife of one of the engineers setting up the railroad tracks and bringing the railroad through southern New Mexico. And uh, so he was given the honor of naming the town they were building there. So he named it for his wife, whose name was Dimming, and was a real person, the wife of the engineer setting this place up. It doesn't hurt anything to just use the name Dimming without knowing but, you know, I really like that you have a little more history and culture when you do this. Now, take New Mexico State University or the University of New Mexico in Albuquerque. Many of the buildings on these two campuses are named for real people. You know, if you're at UNM, you see Zimmerman Library, Scopes Hall. You, you can name all those places, and those are real people. You might even have known some of them at NMSU, New Mexico State University, you know, there's Corbett Center. I did meet Roger Corbett a number of times. Uh, there's Milton Hall. I did uh, meet uh, General Milton. Um, Guthrie Hall, Gus Guthrie, and he was a business guy. Uh, Jet Engineering, uh, Dad Jet, they called him. I don't remember his first name. They just all called him Dad. Well, Somebody I really like was Marion Hardman, Hardman Hall, and that was named for an English professor, and she's the one that caused me to be a writer, and I think of her fondly often. And I'll talk more about Marion Hardman at another time, but when I see Marion Hardman, I smile because it really was a good thing. And again, you can go around any of the places. You see a lot of names on streets and you go wonder 
Anderson Street. Was that R.O. Anderson? I think it was. And you, you can check all these streets out. Telshore in Las Cruces was the combination of two people's names. I may do some place names a, a little later one of these days. Um, it's Michael Swickard with Enchanting Stories of New Mexico. Hit subscribe to automatically get these podcasts. Since I was just talking about Deming, New Mexico, I should mention that Deming is the county seat of Luna County in southwestern New Mexico, which borders to the south of the country of Mexico. It's named as its own county in 1901, and it did so because there was a lot of conflict with the then county seat of Grant County, which was in Silver City, 40-some-odd miles away, and there was a lot of people mad. So in the legislature of 1901, they came up with a compromise where some of the county of Grant was ceded to Luna County and a little some from Doniana County. Now, Solomon Luna was a very interesting guy. He was one of the largest sheep producers in New Mexico, one of the wealthiest in New Mexico, and he was a member of the Constitutional Convention in 1910 that made New Mexico a state after 62 years of trying to become a state. So he was involved with all of that, and again, he was really involved with Deming and Luna County down there as having the most amount of sheep uh, as anyone. Now, unfortunately, and this, you know, doesn't make a good movie here, but Solomon Luna, namesake of the county, died shortly after New Mexico became a state in an agricultural accident that I don't want to describe. It was in the summer of 1912 when he died at the early age of 53 and, uh, and he was sorely missed, uh, but uh, it's what happened. Let's talk some taste, can we? Your turn at the next barbecue. You might get the Fresh Chili Company's Hatch Tequila Lime Barbecue Sauce made with 100% certified Hatch Chili, and it can be a cookout favorite. Now, there's a local honey with Hatch Red Chili that I find really good. Hatch Hot Honey, sweet and spicy. They make the product by infusing real sun-dried Hatch Red Chili into 100% local, meaning Mesilla Valley honey. It's the same honey that you've been buying from them just as honey, but now you get it with a wonderful Hatch Red Chili. It's so good. Uh, me, I like it best on sourdough homemade biscuits. This is Michael Swickard with Enchanting Stories of New Mexico, brought to you by the Fresh Chili Company. Thank you for your time today. We'll always have lots of news and stories about New Mexico on these podcasts. If you have something or someone you want me to talk about, write to me, michael at freshchilico.com, michael at freshchilico.com. Have a great rest of your day and eat plenty of good Hatch Valley chili. Like I always say, some chili's good, more is better as long as it's Hatch Valley Chili. Bye for now.